The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD. And hi everyone. We're so excited to spend another hour with you talking about good nutrition and health. And it's so exciting because we can learn to really go ahead and take control of our health. And no longer do we need to suffer from food cravings, obesity, addictions, and chronic disease once we really learn how our bodies work and what we can do right now to assist our bodies in running healthy and efficiently. And no longer can we expect that when our health goes wrong, we can just go to the doctor and get help. And it just doesn't work that way. In fact, taking medications instead of addressing the underlying problem suppresses the real problem that's happening with you. And the next thing you know, you're dealing with another health issue and maybe need another medication and then another and then another for instance, do you know of people, now maybe this would be yourself, but maybe you know some other people who started on a medication, and do you know of anybody who started and then their problem got solved and they're not on the medication anymore? Like, take depression. Do you know of anyone who started on antidepressants and then they say that the drug made their depression go away and now they don't need it anymore? Or how about blood pressure? Do you know of anyone who's on high blood pressure meds and then the medication just fixed the problem and they're not on it anymore? Or how about high cholesterol or diabetes medication? How about antipsychotics or medications for ADHD? Have you even heard of one person who is now off those medications because the drug solved the health problem? Now, if those people are off those medications, it's because they've addressed the underlying cause and eventually got off the medication, usually themselves. And the more you learn and take charge of your health, the easier it is to prevent these problems in the first place. Now, last night in our nutrition series class, our topic was on cravings, and we learned all about the brain chemistry and how when it's not satisfied, it leads to food cravings, and it can also lead to depression. And we learned that instead of jumping right in with antidepressants, you might be smart to learn about all the ways to satisfy your brain chemistry so you feel good with no depression, no anxiety, and no food cravings. 
In fact, one woman came up to me after class and she said, you know, Jeannie, this information was really, really eye-opening for me as she told me that she struggled with both depression and food cravings for many years. And she's taking antidepressants and she's always thought of herself as someone weak and someone without willpower. And so she had so many different food cravings. And speaking of food cravings, has anybody out there seen the movie Fed Up? It's been out for a week or two, and we encourage all of you to go see it if you haven't already. Go ahead and take your family and go. If you have teenage kids, they would be very, very good to see it. Even if you have, even maybe like a 10-year-old would do really well with this movie. It's extremely well done, and it will engage you. And if you take your kids, it'll engage them on quite a deep level. And this movie fed up. It shows a variety of kids who are having trouble with obesity. And it's actually very sad to hear their stories. And the kids are very overweight, and they want to lose weight, and they want to be healthy, but they talk about their cravings. And um, like this one boy in particular, he's really, really trying, and he's going out and he's trying to exercise on his bike. And then there's another girl who's trying to swim after school. And, and then they talk about how, well, I just really, really want these chocolate chips, or I want this chocolate, or um, they're talking about their cravings. And they keep trying and trying. It's, it's just very sad to see them as they're doing what they think are the right things in order to lose weight and get healthy, but they really don't have the right information. And they try and eat low fat. They're trying to cut back on calories. They're working on exercising more, but none of the kids are actually successful with weight loss. And in fact, their parents, they show their parents in the movie and their parents don't know how to eat healthy. And you can see them in the movie and the parents are deciding to stock up on low-fat cereal. They come home with low-fat yogurt that's sweetened with sugar or aspartame. They have low-fat chips, whole grain bread, and low-fat pasta. And the, the parents are thinking that they're doing a, a great service for their kids because they're helping them out with all these nice low-fat foods. And they really have no idea that that's not helpful at all. And then meanwhile, the kids, they, they show them month after month after month, well, I still haven't lost any weight. And this movie, the movie Fed Up, it's very eye-opening and compelling. And for us, it makes us very happy that we have good information available to help ourselves be healthy. And that's why we're so passionate about sharing this information both here in the studio but also on the radio show and we're so glad that you're here with us and hope that you share this information with your family and friends and so we encourage you to get out this weekend and see it and speaking of this weekend, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's Friday today, going into Memorial Day weekend, and it's a chance for those first picnics of the summer. And here in Minneapolis, we have an absolutely gorgeous day, and I'm not sure what the weather will be like over the over the holiday weekend, but um, let's just hope that it's really beautiful. And picnics, they're just such a great opportunity to grill some healthy, clean meat or fish. So you get out that grill and choose a nice grass-fed steak or maybe a piece of salmon. Maybe you make some shish kebabs, maybe even with some great lamb. Or how about even some hamburgers with some grass-fed ground beef? Now, if you're making hamburgers instead of the bun, consider wrapping your burger along with whatever you put on it. Maybe it's tomato, mustard, horseradish, even kale chips. Whatever you like to put on your burger, wrap it all up in lettuce instead of the bun. 
It's absolutely delicious. If you're trying to choose a lettuce, you want one that's going to bend. So if you choose something like iceberg lettuce, it kind of um, just breaks all over the place. And so maybe something called butter lettuce or bib lettuce, something that will be bendy, um, you'll find that it's just amazing. Uh, so we suggest something like that. And then you couple that with an amazing salad with maybe some spinach or some other baby greens in there, avocado, walnuts. Maybe you have put in a little bit of apple slices or cranberries, some red and yellow peppers, purple cabbage. Can you just see all the colors happening here? And toss in some sprouts and some chunks of jicama. How about that? Mm. Yeah, if you haven't tried jicama, that's, uh, that's actually, I think that would really have wide appeal because it's kind of watery but yet crunchy and it doesn't really have any big flavor so it adds some great crunch to really anything and the color is white and jicama is spelled with a j J j-i-c-a-m-a if you haven't tried that yet go to the store and get one of those uh, cut it open and take and make some chunks of jicama you can even just eat that plain. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. I'm sure kids would like it as well. It's got a great texture. And so you put all that in your salad, and you've got all those wonderful phytonutrient colors right there. And go ahead and top your salad with olive oil and maybe season it with one of our favorites. This is Bragg's Organic Sprinkles and some Himalayan salt. Toss all that up. And then I know since it's holiday weekend, we like to have special desserts and things. So go ahead and make the slender lemons. Those slender lemons taste just like shortbread. Or you can make the macaroons or we have a chocolate cake. Any of those things are going to be made without sugar, without dairy, without gluten, and without grains. And so everybody can eat those and they have wide appeal. Then what you do is drink some strawberry dynamic greens or maybe you make some lemonade with fresh squeezed lemons and stevia and then you've got yourself and your family and friends an amazingly fabulous tasting picnic meal. It sounds so good. Well, on to today's topic. We're actually talking about fats today and it may seem not relevant to Memorial Day, but it actually is. It's relevant to any holiday or any event where you're tempted by sugar and chips, bread and crackers and those sorts of foods. Holidays easily derail people from their best ever intentions. And that meal that I outlined above with that great grilled meat or fish, this wonderful salad and the slender lemons and the macaroons, all of that is actually quite high in fat. And people who eat this way feel very satisfied with their foods and they have more even blood sugar as well. So we really start to take those highs and lows of the blood sugar that creates cravings and irritable moods for people and start to make that a lot more level when you increase fats in your diet. And we found that just eating more fat can drastically help people with their cravings. And fat is actually a big missing component when people decide to clean up their diet and maybe lose weight. So often, if they decide, you know, I think I have some pounds to lose, 
just like those kids in the movie fed up and their parents alike, they instantly think about cutting back on fat. Let's shop in the, in the grocery store and we'll look for anything we can find in there that says low fat. And one and, of my clients just shared with me today, she said she has a bunch of family members um, who are trying to clean up their diet. And they're trying to go more to, to the low carb. So they're cutting out all these foods, but they forget to add the fat back in. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so then that's that's challenging. Even if they're not specifically thinking about cutting back on fat, it ends up being that way anyway for some people. You know, absolutely. And those are, you know, you had that person today. I talked to somebody a few days ago who was saying, you know, I've started the elimination diet and I just don't feel very satisfied. I'm kind of hungry. And she had the same thing in that she, I asked her, well, did you have any fat with your breakfast this morning? And did you have any fat with lunch? And she actually didn't. And so, Lucy, I completely agree that that's, it's a mistake that people make. Sometimes you think, well, I'm going to clean up my diet and really eat. Um, maybe even vegetarian and I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables and that's going to be really good and then I'll have some grains like I've heard quinoa is real healthy so I'll just have some plain quinoa and then some steamed veggies and then some fruit and that ends up not being satisfying for people at all there's a big component missing there of the fat so we don't want any of you making that big mistake it's going to leave you feeling unsatisfied and anytime you're unsatisfied satisfied like that it builds and builds and builds and often people end up binging uh, after even one day or a few hours or could even be from just after even a week and thinking of fats in terms of calories or thinking that fats cause heart disease really is not an effective way of thinking if you want to have good health and if you want to have a body that doesn't have excess body fat on it now just let me clarify that, of course, we want to get rid of things like trans fats, rancid fats, and damaged fats. That's absolutely and clearly important. However, good fats are highly anti-inflammatory and stabilizing. That's important to understand if you're somebody that's thinking about heart disease and if you're worried about eating fats, you want to think that these good fats are actually anti-inflammatory and that they're going to be good for you and that they absolutely do not promote heart disease. And if you were on our show last week, we learned how your 70 to 100 trillion human cells, I'm going to say that again, we have 70 to 100 trillion human cells. So, of course, we don't all have exactly 70 trillion. We don't all have exactly the same number, but it's somewhere between 70 trillion and 100 trillion cells that we have in our bodies. And each and every one of these cells have a membrane, a cell membrane. And in that cell membrane, is those are composed of fatty acids. And so the fats that you eat are incorporated right into your cell membranes. And since you have those trillions of cells, it really makes quite a difference to your entire health. Not just one thing like heart disease or skin problems. It's your entire health because you have cells everywhere. It makes a difference to your entire entire health if your cell membranes are made of the right stuff or if they're made of the wrong stuff. 
And so last week we had this wonderful discussion with Lucy on the saturated fats. And today we're going to be focusing more on the unsaturated fats. And those would be more of the monounsaturated fats and the polyunsaturated fats. And we know that you've heard of both of those. Mm-hmm. And you've probably also heard about omega-3 fatty acids, that would fall into this category as well, as well as omega-6s. And what's actually interesting, we talked about the saturated fats last week, but research has shown that saturated fat in your diet is necessary for your body to actually use the omega-3 fats that you eat, so that you eat those fats, the saturated and the omega-3, and now your body can actually use them properly. Um, now, with the polyunsaturated and the monounsaturated and the omega-3 fats, you've probably heard about all of their qualities, probably especially their heart-healthy qualities. And you might recognize those terms PUFA or MUFA if you watch Dr. Oz or listen to Rachel Ray. So what and- is that? What's a MUFA and PUFA? That would be the abbreviation of the mono. So PUFA is the polyunsaturated fatty acid. And monounsaturated fatty acid is the MUFA. So instead of those big words, we can just say PUFA and MUFA. That's, that's actually <laughs> a lot more fun, huh? Yes. Yep. And then if you ever hear both of those terms, you know that they're the same thing, that polyunsaturated is the same as PUFA. Uh, so examples of all of these unsaturated fats would be olive oil and sesame oil, fats from nuts and seeds, chia seeds, flax oil, and fish oils. And these are very healthy fats. So we definitely want to be getting unsaturated fats in our diet. And they're very healthy when they're prop- properly processed and carefully stored. So those damaged ones that Jeannie was talking about, she just mentioned that we want to get rid of damaged and rancid fats. We'll talk about which ones might be those. Now, really, it's interesting that all fats, all kinds of fats, so butter, coconut oil, nuts and seeds, all of them contain a whole mixture of different fatty acids. So no one fat is going to be only saturated or only polyunsaturated. Well, that's a really interesting point because it seems like butter is only saturated and meat that has fat on it, that fat is just saturated. I think that's what we all kind of just think of it. And what you're saying is that every food actually has all three types of fats. Every food seems to have saturated fat, monounsaturated fat, and polyunsaturated fat in a combination of those fatty acids in every food, whether it's nuts or seeds or milk, or if it's in cheese or if it's in meat. Is that what you're talking about? Yep, that's exactly right. And so even olive oil, olive oil isn't just monounsaturated fats. Right, and that's one that's touted um, where you might hear people say, oh, avoid the saturated fat and instead have olive oil. But the olive oil is actually almost a quarter saturated fats. So, And it's not a lot of the saturated fats, but there's an example that it has some. And coconut oil... Like that's one of those hard, stable oils, and we would call it a saturated fat, but it actually contains 
just about 94% saturated fats. And then 6% is the monounsaturated or the polyunsaturated. Hey, it looks like it's break time. Oh, it is. Well, when we come back, we'll we'll continue our discussion. Remember, we're taking callers today. Our our number is 1-866-472-5792. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine, navigating the cancer maze with host Grace Goller. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy along with Jeannie today. And before the break, we were talking about how fats, all fats contain a whole combination of fatty acids. So there's no one fat that's just saturated or one fat that's omega-3. They're all a big mix. And therefore, the goal is to eat as many different varieties of fats as you can. And you don't necessarily need to be counting the grams of saturated fats or know exactly how many of these unsaturated fats you're getting each day. But if you eat a variety of all of the healthy fats, your cells will incorporate in exactly what you need. And you can find that variety by putting olive oil on your salads and then maybe some chicken in there. So now you have the olive oil and you get a little... Avocados. Yep, the avocado fat. And then the chicken there has a little bit of fat on there. Um, Cooking your eggs in butter. So butter would be another fat. Eggs, there's some fat in there. And then sauteing your stir fry in beef fat. So maybe you have a piece of fat or a piece of meat that's more of the fatty type of cut Cook that first, and then you have that fat to stir-fry your vegetables in. 
You know, I think that's a good point you bring up about beef fat, and that's kind of like bacon fat or any sort of fat that's from meat. And that um, often in our classes, people ask, "Is that okay to save that fat off of a roast and then and then use that fat?" And you really have to ask yourself what type of meat that you're eating and what that animal was doing. And so, it, for instance, you d- you want to make sure you know where your food comes from. So, like. Um, uh, bacon. Uh, I found m- my husband got some bacon the other day, and it's in the refrigerator. And I look at the package, and I know that 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 those pigs were eating GMO corn because there wasn't any any sort of indication on that package that these were from pastured. Uh, pigs and so if you're going to eat bacon or any type of pork the word is actually pastured pork where um, and then you even want to talk to the farmer if possible because uh, you do give grains to pigs and and so that could be GMO corn and in all likelihood it's going to be GMO corn unless you're working with a farmer that specifically is not using GMO corn so um and then it's concentrated in the fat. So you don't want to be saving fat from animals that have been eating GMO corn or soy or from beef from cattle that have been finished on corn. So you want to make sure if you're going to be using that fat from any kind of animals that you know your source of meat. And this is going to be so important to get actually hooked up with some sort of farm that's going to be in your area that either delivers or you work with a co-op or some sort of meat market where they know the farmers and what these animals are actually doing and eating. And then that's that's where how you're going to base your decision on if you're going to use that fat from the animal or not. So for instance, say like my husband went and he bought that bacon and so that that would not for me I'd rather not even eat the bacon at all but say that you were going to eat the meat well certainly just get rid of the excess fat and you wouldn't be using that fat from that sort of meat um, for salads or for vegetables or for whatever that you're going to be using that fat for. That's an excellent point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, So everyone who's listening, if you have a pen and paper handy, I'm going to go through some of the other fats that would be good for you to be eating. And these ones would be the unsaturated fats. And you want to make sure you always have these in your house so you have a nice variety of fats. So So olive oil. I just wanted to clarify. So even though you're calling them unsaturated, that every single of the fats that Lucy's going to be listing, every single one ha- also has saturated and it has mono and polyunsaturates. And so you want to just think those are going to be mostly unsaturated, but just always being educated and knowing that it has all the different types of fats in those. Yep, absolutely. That's right. So the first one on this list would be olive oil. Some good quality extra virgin olive oil. Sesame seed oil. I'll go more into depth about which one to find, but that can be a good one for salads or for drizzling. Avocados and olives and raw nuts and seeds. And then these ones come in a supplement form, the flax oil. Or you could get flax seeds, whole flax seeds. Another supplement would be the fish oils. 
And these oils all come in their natural, unprocessed form, which is what you're aiming for with all of the fats you eat. So like olive oil, for example, that's processed from the olives, but very minimally processed. Same with the sesame oil. Avocados, that's just a whole fruit right there. And then the raw nuts and seeds. Get, get your fats from nuts and seeds just from the source versus the liquid oils and bottles. Now, when you buy olive oil, let's talk about olive oil first. Choose the extra virgin olive oil. And this means it's the oil produced when, with the first pressing of the olives. And it actually contains the highest percentage of antioxidants and other plant nutrients. Now, those antioxidants protect this oil from becoming rancid too quickly. Rancid is stale or rotten that, that the oil becomes damaged and when we eat the antioxidants, those are beneficial for our own body as well to help fight any free radicals. So we're wondering if anybody's ever smelled any rancid oil. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can recognize that smell perhaps when you're walking by a Chinese food place. You, f- you smell that oil in the air. Um, and a lot of oils actually might already be rancid when you buy them. So that might be a smell that you're just uh, used to smelling all the time. And olive oil isn't usually like that right when you buy it, but olive oil should be used up relatively quickly, like a few months. And get enough Get enough olive oil, or I should say just enough olive oil, to last you no more than three months. If you have this huge bottle or this huge can of olive oil that's been sitting around for a year or two years, actually in class... Someone said they went on a trip to Italy, I think it was, and brought back all of this olive oil, this really good quality olive oil, and it's been sitting around her house for a few years. That's way too old. So these antioxidants are not going to keep the olive oil fresh enough for months and months and years. Now, if you wanted to buy a bigger jar, maybe to save money or it's on sale, Buy a bigger jar, but store it in the fridge and portion out just a small amount that you're able to use up within a month or so. And that'll keep your olive oil fresher. But anyway, back to this smell of rancid oils. If you ever smell corn oil or canola oil, those ones usually have that rancid smell. Have you experienced that, Jeannie? You smelled those ones? Oh, I think she cut out. But those ones might already have that rancid smell. Um, and that's because when you buy them in the bottles in the store, they are already rancid just from processing. Now, when, you're, when a person is processing these oils, so when the manufacturer is taking the olives and removing the oil from the olives... They need to be careful not to expose these, these foods, these oils, to a lot of heat. All of these liquid oils are very, very sensitive to high heat, to oxygen, and to, what's light. the last one? To light. light. Yes. Yes. So the ones that I listed off earlier, the olive oil and sesame oil, these ones are usually more carefully processed where they aren't exposed to lots of heat. 
Now, when you're buying the olive oil or any liquid oils, you do want to look for the words cold-pressed. And cold-pressed specifically means that they've been processed with not a lot of heat. And when the oils become overheated, they become damaged and rancid, and that's unhealthy. That would not be a fat that would be healthy for us to be eating. Yeah, that would be something that would add inflammation to your body and add to heart disease. So for people that are concerned about heart disease, which really we all should be thinking about that periodically, that eating any of these oils that are rancid or damaged, those are going to be the kind of fats that add inflammation and lead to disease. Yep, absolutely. So if you have any of those oils in your house, like either the really, really old olive oil, or maybe you have a jar of oil that doesn't say the cold pressed on it, toss it out and get some new oil that specifically has those words on it. You know, on the same subject of olive oil, I'll also bring up that you might find all of these different types of olive oil. Some of them say they're good for high heat. Some of them say right on the label that they're good for sauteing and other ones say that they're good as a salad oil. So I just talked about that these olive oils are delicate to high heat. So they put that on the label because the manufacturers must have done something to the oil to prevent you from noticing it's going rancid when you use it at high heat. So if you see an oil like that, just leave it on the shelf. Only get the oils that are okay for drizzling or that don't even say those words on them. Yeah, you want a high-quality, good olive oil. Mm-hmm. And speaking of olive oil and high heat and cooking with it, um, what we run across is most people have been using olive oil for cooking and sautéing or roasting vegetables in the oven. And olive oil is a monounsaturated fat, and so it's not very stable. Uh, it, it's going to be more stable than some of the other fats, but if you're heating it up and maybe it's in a pan and it's spattering around or it's in the oven and you're roasting vegetables at 400 for maybe 30 minutes, that's actually damaging that fat. And what damage means is that it's becoming oxidized. Oxygen adds on to the molecule and now it's called oxidized and the same word is rancid. And that means that when you eat that fat, now you've got these um, free radicals running around in your body. And everybody's heard that, oh, antioxidants are health healthy for people. Well, an- if you take antioxidants, like in a pill format or a liquid format, or you're getting antioxidants from vegetables, that's running around in your body, cleaning up all these free radicals. And the free radicals are contributed in your body by eating these rancid fats. So it's, it's best if you don't eat the rancid fats in the first place. So what we suggest is if you're going to be roasting some vegetables in the oven or sauteing something or maybe even cooking a piece of salmon on top of the stove or cooking anything on top of the stove that is going to require oil, we suggest that you use coconut oil for that as it's it's going to be more of the saturated fat. Almost all of it is saturated fat and it's highly stable. Another good choice could be pasture butter for that. And for people that really don't like the taste of coconut oil, which we run across that very commonly. Um, there is actually a type of coconut oil that is just called expeller pressed and it's 
doesn't taste or smell like coconut oil. And we suggest the company Tropical Traditions. It's very, they make very high quality, good organic coconut oil in both the kind that, um, it just really, it smells just like coconut oil and tastes, tastes like it. But then they have a kind that doesn't taste or smell like it. And you can find it online at tropicaltraditions.com. And it's, uh, not only is it super high quality, but they have sales a lot. And you can order it in small quantities or in larger quantities. And once you start cooking with coconut oil, you'll find that you go through quite a bit of it. And so we found that this is a very great resource for coconut oil. Yes, absolutely. Now let's move on to another unsaturated fat, sesame seed oil. And again, we know that they're a mixture, but these ones would be ones that mostly are made up of the unsaturated fats. So sesame seed oil, you want to get only raw, unprocessed sesame seed oil. So this is another one that's very delicate to high heats, and you often find it in the store, and it's roasted sesame seed oil. That would be a damaged one. So you're looking for those words, unrefined, raw, minimally processed, cold pressed, or expeller pressed. Now, what's special about sesame seed oil is that it's rich in vitamin E and a compound called sesamine. These are two potent antioxidants. So again, this oil has some antioxidants in it that keep it from becoming damaged when it's in that jar. Um, normally, if you think about sesame seed oil, it's in that sesame seed and it's protected from light, it's protected from heat and from oxygen, so it already has those built-in mechanisms to keep it from becoming damaged. Now, I want to back up for a second. Um, actually, Jeannie already talked about this, but usually we're all always told to use the olive oils or the other liquid oils for cooking or sautéing. So we would use the more firmer, stabler fats for that instead. <laughs> now, another phenomenal fat is avocado. And a trivia fact here for everybody, avocados are also known as an alligator pear, probably because of its oblong green shape and its rough outer surface. And it is technically a fruit. It is, yes. Yep, a fruit that's higher in fat. Mm -hmm. These are great ones to add to your diet. And you can eat avocados just plain. You could scoop some out on a spoon and just eat it like that. Or you can chop it up and put it on your salads. Or you could make your own guacamole. And it's very easy to make. All you do is scoop out the soft meat and mash it up, and then you can add some fresh cilantro and garlic, some fresh lime juice, and there you have some guacamole. Now, instead of using chips to eat that, you could use the jicama sticks or bell pepper strips to eat it. Now, the fat from avocado is best gotten from the whole food, but you can also buy pure avocado oil. For you, for these purposes, stick with just the pure avocado, the plain, full fruit that's an avocado, and avoid the avocado oil. That one's going to be one that's more, more easily damaged, and it's likely that you 
purchase it and it's already damaged. Now, it looks like it's time for another break. When we come up, we're going to keep talking about this and move into nuts and seeds. I'm Lucy and Jeannie. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy and Jeannie today, and we're talking about fats. Yeah, and as when we were before the break, I was just listening to you talk about avocado and something that I hear um, from a couple. We have a couple of different daycare providers who come to the studio here, and so I hear about their, you know, what they do with the kids. And so these are daycare kids. They're pretty young. They're um, infants and toddlers up to maybe eight age four or five, and um, a number of them say that the kids absolutely love avocado, and I think that's really kind of amazing because avocados are so full of fat, and I hear them say that for for them as the provider, they they get out the avocado for them to eat, and the kids, if they see it, they want the avocado. They love it, and they if it, they say they they won't stop eating them. They just love to have the avocados. And the other thing that these people say is that the kids love coconut oil, and they actually ask for it. And I've heard this from numerous parents that their children love the coconut oil. And we like to put this information out there for parents and for anybody that's working with kids, knowing that babies and toddlers and children, you know, really up to, I mean, really up through adulthood, kids need to have a lot of fat for their brain development. And thinking that their brains are actually, well, all of our brains are mostly made of fat, but kids' brains are growing at a rapid, rapid pace. And we often just 
think that for some reason kids like only candy or cereal or Pop-Tarts and these types of foods. It just doesn't occur to us that kids would actually like to eat a spoonful of coconut oil or that they might want to eat co- eat avocados. And I'd like to put that out there that as a parent, you might want to give that to your young child. What I've heard from people, from parents and from daycare providers is that not only do they eat it, they ask for it and that that you can see a behavior improvement within minutes. And so children that have trouble with moods that are going over the top or they're crazy or maybe they already have some sort of ADHD or ADD or they just, they're just uh, bouncing off the walls or screaming. You might want to try that with them. And that the kids will notice an improvement in their behavior. They feel better and then they start asking for it. And something so dramatic with the, these daycare providers, they say that the parents drop the kids off. So if you imagine um, a house of infants and toddlers up to age four or five and that they're all running around through the roof and they, the, the daycare providers say, by 10 a.m., I have to give them something. So they cook them some eggs, maybe some bacon, and they say almost instantly they calm down and for the rest of the day with that lunch and then with that afternoon snack that's high in fat and also along with some protein and then the kids eat some eat vegetables as well that they don't have any behavior problems going on and so as a parent you really might think of giving your kids in the morning some coconut oil avocados pasture butter anything that's got a real full abund a full abundance a full, good full abundance of fats in it. And nuts and seeds are an, another good one for kids and really for everybody. And those are a great source of the unsaturated fats. But there's actually some nuts and seeds that are highest in saturated fat. And those are the tropical ones. Uh, most people, or I should say many people, think that nuts are a good source of protein. And they do have some protein, but they usually contain a lot more fat than the protein. Now, when buying nuts, you always want to get raw nuts, raw and organic, not the roasted nuts. Roasted nuts have been heated at high temperatures, which we've talked about damages even those little fats that are delicate right inside the nuts. So roasted nuts are a source of damaged fats. And, you know... Yeah, now we've heard that from a lot of people that they go, well, I really don't like the raw nuts. We know our, our voices are sounding kind of odd, right? I does think my so. voices sound odd? Yes, yeah, so yours does yours. Does. Okay. So not sure what's going on. We apologize for that if the sound isn't coming through here for some reason very well. But we do hear a lot of people say that, oh, I love nuts, but they like the roasted and salted nuts, right? And those are going to appeal to people more. And then you feel as though maybe you can't stop eating. Them. And so as Lucy's mentioning here, there's a lot of health disadvantages to eating roasted nuts and certainly then when they're covered with um, damaged salts as well on the outside. And so we really, really want to start eating the raw nuts and most people find that they don't overdo raw nuts. Yes, yes. And now earlier this month, I was actually talking to a client and she was roasting her own raw almonds at home. And so she thought, oh, well, 
okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm buying the raw almonds. They're whole, unsalted, and I prefer the taste of the roasted, so I'll do those on my own at home. And she liked the taste better. But that would count as roasted nuts as well, even if you're roasting them themselves, yourself Mm -hmm. at home. (laughs) So a way to make them very appealing, as well as much, much more nutritious, is to sprout all of your raw nuts and seeds. So backing up, sprouting your raw nuts and seeds. You buy the raw nuts and the seeds, you take them home, and you're going to sprout them on your own. And I'll talk about what that means. There's two big reasons to sprout the nuts. It sounds kind of complicated and everything, but it's actually really, really easy. So um, you got to hear this if you don't already sprout nuts. It's actually easier than you think, and it's nothing to do with gardening. Yeah, not at all. It's probably easier than cooking a chicken in the crock pot. (laughs) Now, there's reasons to sprout the nuts. The two reasons are better nutrient absorption. When you sprout your nuts, you're going to absorb the nutrients from the nuts much better. And also better digestibility. So after sprouting these nuts, they're going to be better able to digest in your system. So what is sprouting? Very simple. All it means is that you're soaking the nuts and the seeds in water. So for example, if you're going to sprout some almonds, you would buy the raw almonds, bring them home, and put a bunch of them in a glass bowl. Fill the glass bowl and cover the nuts completely with water. So the nuts should be submerged in water. Add some salt. Himalayan salt, and that's it. You let them sit on your counter for 12 hours and soak. Yeah, and that's and then the sprouting you, process. If you look at that after a few hours or after 12 hours, the water will be kind of scummy and blackish and mm-hmm. icky. So you can expect that. Nothing went wrong there, so don't throw your almonds away. Yeah, or you might see little floating um, dust particles from the nuts, the nuts that were chopped up slightly. So, yep, that's just all fine. What you won't see are little green shoots sprouting out. So it's not this kind of sprouting. Um, You're just soaking them enough to send a message to the nuts or the seeds that it's time to start to grow. And we're not actually going to be growing these plants, but that's what's happening. As the nuts are sitting in the water, they start to activate their enzymes. They think that it's time to become undormant and to start to grow a little plant. So they activate some enzymes and they also deactivate anti-nutrients. So anti-nutrients are things like phytic acid And phytic acid is P-H-Y-T-I-C and then acid. That's one example of an anti-nutrient. And the anti-nutrients bind up the nutrients that are in that nut. Like magnesium. Almonds are abundant in magnesium, but without sprouting them, that magnesium isn't going to be available for you to absorb when you eat it. Yeah, and not only that, if you're eating the almonds with other foods that have magnesium in it, it helps prevent you from absorbing the magnesium even from other foods. And so you know that we like to talk about magnesium a lot on the show and why people are magnesium deficient. Well, if you're eating a lot of unsprouted nuts, like you just eat those regular kind of roasted and salted nuts that you might buy in the airport if you travel a lot or you buy them at the grocery store, you know, they're available every 
everywhere, really. You eat those, and that actually depletes your magnesium and other minerals in your body if they're not sprouted nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would recommend that everybody does this. And Shannon, she's the yoga instructor here. She travels a lot for work, and she actually just sprouts them right in her hotel room. She just buys maybe a cup of almonds wherever she is, um, and she'll be at the hotel for a few days, and she'll sprout them in the little glass glass yeah. that's um, provided in the hotel room. Yeah, so you can imagine how easy that is. We were mentioning it's easy to sprout nuts. So just visualize yourself. You take a handful of raw almonds, put them in a glass, and fill up the glass up above with water and leave it set. So that's how simple that is. Mm -hmm. So after you've soaked the nuts, it's been 12 hours, and you look, and the nuts are are um, probably a little larger because they've absorbed some water and you see the water is kind of black, then you drain off the water. You drain it off and you rinse off the nuts really well and get all the debris rinsed off. You know, that was a good point about that these nuts swell up. So if you're choosing a glass or you're choosing a bowl or whatever it is that you're choosing, you really have to put enough water in there because the, the like if it would be almonds, almonds really swell up. They get a lot bigger and they soak up a bunch of that water and you could end up with they they actually suck up all of the water and then they're sitting there dry mm-hmm. and then then that's they can kind get of moldy de- yeah moldy and it just kind of defeats the whole purpose if they're just sitting out in the air dry so be sure that you really cover them up with plenty of water Yes, I would leave about two extra inches of water. And the nuts, once you put them in the water right at the beginning, they're going to float up to the surface. But then look and make sure that there's about two inches of water down below so they can start to move down, move around as they soak up that water. So you're saying if you soak the nuts, you have these two major benefits. One is that the enzymes in the nut are activated. And so that's beneficial for us because now we have enzymes when we eat that almond or whatever kind of nut it is. There's there's some nice enzymes in there that help us to digest the nut. And lots and lots of people have not a good ability to digest nuts and have trouble digesting them. And some of those people actually know that and they feel, wow, I just don't digest nuts very well. But lots of other people really aren't aware that they're not digesting the nuts, but maybe they get some gas and some bloating or it just uh, feels like the, the nuts are not going down or the meal. Usually you're not just only eating nuts alone. And so those, those activated enzymes really improve the digestibility. And then by removing the anti-nutrients, you're, you're actually being able to absorb and use the minerals that are contained in the nuts and also in the other foods around. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a great source, too, for you. If you're really into something like almonds, if you go and uh, on your computer and Google in raw, unpasteurized, organic almonds. There are a number of farmers in California who grow these almonds. And it's it's nice to be able to get some unpasteurized almonds because the pasteurization heats it up and actually kills the enzymes. And it's I think it's illegal to be selling those in stores, but you, the, the farmers can sell those on site or they can sell them online. And so you can get yourself at a really good price, usually much, much lower than you would buy in the store. Because um, raw organic almonds 
or nuts are usually quite expensive, sometimes $15.99 a pound or $17.99 a pound. You can often find much lower prices when you buy directly from the farmer. So we suggest looking for some sources online for those nuts. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then what happens after you've sprouted them? So you've taken your jar, you've rinsed all the nuts off, poured out the dirty water, they're all nice and clean, and then you have two options. We would recommend that you get a dehydrator and then dehydrate the nuts and the seeds. And a dehydrator is this big round, usually it's a round contraption it has a heater and the point of the dehydrator is that it's going to dry out the nuts at a very very low temperature at 105 degrees so you don't want to be heating nuts too high of a temperature sometimes people ask well can't I just use my oven to dehydrate the nuts most people's that's not going to be a way to go. Yeah, that's not going to that's going to be too hot. So you use the dehydrator instead. So, yeah, get- and a dehydrator is such a good thing. If you could just have two uh, two things, maybe a Vitamix and a dehydrator, I mean maybe a juicer, but a dehydrator often people say, "Well, I don't want to go and get that." We just suggest, you know, they're not that expensive. Get one anyway, and you can dry your nuts, but you can also make a lot of other things in there jerky. and de- dehydrate, yeah, beef jerky and a whole number of other dehydrated vegetables in there. So it, it's, it would be an appliance worthwhile having. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people bring up to me that they're running out of counter space or cabinet space with all of these appliances. And first of all, you don't need too many appliances. But also, once you eat less processed foods, now your cabinets are going to be more empty and you can put your appliances in there. So there's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Now, it looks like we're at the end of our show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We want you to share the show with friends and family. Uh, be sure to visit the blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com. And soon and- we'll have another coconut macaroon recipe on there that doesn't use eggs. Yes, it uses chia seeds. So there's a seed with lots of good omega-3s. Look for that in the next few days. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm Lucy along with Jeannie, and that's our show. Bye, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or 